Welcome to episode 308 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between how to get them made how to make them and how to try not to royally f them up Woohoo! we are live <laughs> from the showcase cinema in leeds to tell you about this week's uh, episode because we have on director sally el hosseini she is the director of my brother the devil which i love but she's also the director and writer of the latest feature film the swimmers and myself and dom lenoir sat down and had a chat with her. And, and it went swimmingly. <laughs> diving off the deep end of bad puns straight away. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Dom Lamar is here as well, which is nice, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. I'm Jos Olsen, my writer, director, producer. Yeah, Jos has become very animated for this uh, This. I am, I'm literally, we're sitting opposite each other to do this intro, which yeah. is unusual. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. But before we get to the why, let's talk about this. How? Episode and the how. Let's talk about... Or the if. Uh, sure. Let's talk about the... <laughs> The episode with Sally. Yeah. What did we talk about, Dom Lemoir, producer, director, writer? <laughs> so we discussed how to transform an authentic real-life story into a fictional drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about making an accurate and believable, authentic uh, cultural film, and, and yeah, and not sort of brushing it over with the the Hollywood brush and, and getting getting those kind of those details correct on the culture and we talked about her working with non-actors which she's become an expert with and she also talks about working with Jack Thorne who's a very very um, well established British writer as well because she wrote it with him and we have on the actors of this film we have on Manel Issa Natalie Issa and Matthias Schweighofer and the three of those wonderful actors sat down with us for a wonderful chat uh, about working on this film I, I love this chat like mm. I've said to to you guys introing this in the last few episodes uh, with Sally she was real big inspiration for me mm. becoming a director My Brother the Devil is an amazing film brilliantly indie brilliantly well made really worth seeking out um, and that inspired me because I thought well that is something I felt like I could do nowhere near as, as good as her but I really like what she did and that inspired me you could do it me. badly that's the main I thing I could do it badly yeah. Dom thank you yes um, and uh, then she's come back with The Swimmers which is incredible we should describe what The Swimmers is about it's unbelievable stop it <laughs> it's it's the, it's the story of um, it's in Syria and it's two sisters that are working with their dad to become Olympic swimmers and then war breaks out and they decide they can go to Germany to get citizenship um, by going out first but what turns out as a this will be an easy journey becomes a full-blown heroic odyssey of adventure as they have to battle uh, the elements and the, and the tragedies and, and the, the savagery of, of making these these crossings. Mm, it's a real sink or swim uh, film, I suppose. It is. <laughs> um, so that is to come for you. Why are we here, Dom Lemoir, live from Showcase Cinemas in Leeds? I've been asking myself that <laughs> 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 many times. Uh, we are here because we are doing the Q&A tour, cinema tour, mm. of Three mm. Day Millionaire. Woo-hoo! 
Um, and it's 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 fun. We've just started to um, to leave. You had the premiere a couple of days ago, which went very well, did it not? It was honestly probably one of the best best feelings I've ever had in the cinema for any of my films. It was incredible. I sat next to director Jack Spring, and yeah, after we'd done the intros, we went around and introed it in four of the screens, and mm. it, was, it was sold out four times mm. over. And honestly, the buzz beforehand, the buzz during. And the buzz after was ridiculous. Bumblebees were jealous. I don't remember having that many people shake my hand and say thank you. You know, the people of Grimsby were amazing. Cast and crew that turned up, incredible. Uh, if you've seen on our socials recently, we have so many red carpet pictures. Press were, were there. It was, it was just an amazing event. And I cannot tell you how ecstatic I was. You just uh, did. Okay. <laughs> I was ecstatic. I really, really was. It was just incredible. Honestly, the buzz from the film has just been brilliant. Yeah. So listen, it's it's in cinemas from the 25th of November. We are doing a, a, a special on it coming up for the podcast with Jack. Uh, hopefully some other the cast and crew can join us as well. Uh, it's no amazing, primo mate. host amazing. for that one. Don't need you for that one, mate. I'm not available. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's offers coming in for hosting Drew uh, Chase. Well, you know. Well, we, uh, well to be fair, to be. we can't talk about it, but there is an absolutely ludicrous, ludicrous episode I that I was devastated. able I to was, do in person the I other day. I was literally two days from coming back from my three-month odyssey in Europe on that TV series, and Dom messaged me and went, oh my God, we have just landed the biggest guest, when are you back? And I said the day I was back, and he went, it's two days before that, tough, you can't do it, it's going to have to be me, primo host, Dom Lemoire, doing it all by myself because I'm the best. And I went, <laughs> I'm just going to have to accept this, aren't I? Basically, we've got a massive guest for you yep. coming up. Dom Lemoire, I imagine, smashed it as primo host. I did, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah great. And you were prepared? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty prepared, yeah. Right, good. Yeah. I mean, uh, I never, never prepared, prepared, but... Why? What? Well, this is a professional job now if you're primo job. host. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm good at it, but... Wow! I, but... But only because, but but it doesn't come easily. That's right. what I was going to follow up with. It, it doesn't. It come doesn't easily. come easily. No. And when you're speaking to people at this level, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's a bit of nerves. There's a bit yeah. of like, oh, am I, am I good at this? And then you then you get in the room and you start chatting and you just you're filmmaker to filmmaker. And it, and it, it you know if you ask decent questions, then people give you decent answers. Yeah. And, and that's that. Can you give us a hint of to who it might be? Uh, I can't. It would it would just be too much of a hint, and it would it would ruin what will be an even more enjoyable intro video that we've got planned yes we have so coming up very soon is very very special but next week uh, Dom Lenoir also while I was away chatted with the director of Lady Chatterley's Lover this is the brand new film starring Emma Corrin Jack O'Connell and Jolie Richardson and I spoke to Lord de Clermont Tonnerre the director of said Lady Chatterley's Lover indeed so there we go that's coming and up we had a, we had a very oh. good Chatterley about it <laughs> 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 and Master Baru as well. Uh, Connor, Connor joined me for that one as well. Again, third time. Mm, him. Yeah. He's going to take over your yeah, Well, maybe, here, maybe. Yeah. Host. I really like him. And interesting, he sounds quite like you. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, so that's coming up for you. So now, uh, don't forget, you can get so much bonus content on our Patreon. It is patreon.com forward slash filmmakers podcast. I don't know. And if you want Wait, to see Giles, if two. you want to see Giles exploring caves for four months and, and with, with infinity pools, Keep subscribing to that Patreon because he's not going to be able to afford it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and now, tour dates quickly on the 22nd. Tonight, 22nd, Mablethorpe, the Lowen Cinema. 
23rd, we have our London premiere, but I'm afraid that's sold out. 24th, we have Stockport. We have got the 26th, we've got the Blackpool Regent Cinema. On the 27th, we've got the Rex Elland Cinema. 28th, we have got the Hull Independent Cinema Society at the Ooh. View Cinema. Uh, the 28th, we've got Wimborne uh, in in Dorset. I think it's Dorset. Yep. Then we've got the 30th, back to London for Croydon. First, London Kino, Bermondsey. That's probably going to start very quick. Fourth, we've got Birmingham at the Mockingbird Cinema. Seventh of December, we've got Weatherby Ilkley. Twelfth of December, we've got Portsmouth. Oh, actually, no, we've got some more. Sorry. Bridport, we have got on the 8th of December. 9th of December, we've got Ireland, if anyone's in Northern Ireland. Mm. Newcastle, not, not Newcastle in England. Uh, 12th, we've got Portsmouth Q&A at South Sea. And the 13th, we have got Wareham in Dorset again. There we go. So, so that is Three Day Millionaire, a Q&A tour. Honestly, please come and join us. Dorset, so in Dorset. Please just come and give us some uh, questions about how we made this film. It, it means the world if you come and join us at any of these venues. Link to them will be in the show notes. So uh, let's get to it because I'm hungry. We do have to go. Hello, do- hungry. <laughs> that, oh, my God. Uh, and we've got to do a Q&A after the film finishes and it's already started. So thank you very much. You're amazing. Uh, sit back and relax and enjoy our amazing chat with the fantastic director, Sally al Hosseini talking all about her new film, The Swimmers. It's on Netflix now. Enjoy. Hello, Sally. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, good. We were talking about your poster earlier, and I think that's really interesting because it's behind you and it looks amazing. And um, did you have a say in it at all? In sort yeah. of the colours and the look? Yeah, you did. Okay, good. Yeah, and yeah. also the teaser and also the trailer. So uh, Netflix have been really collaborative with that. It's amazing. It, the trailer is such an important thing to get right. I mean, the, the poster is as well, but the the trailer really sells what the tone of your film is what the message, what you're trying to say. And and some, sometimes when they take it out of context, you can sort of, people go to the the, the cinema and they think, oh, you know, or, or watch it on, on streamer and they think this isn't what I was sold in the trailer. Yeah. But you've made an amazing trailer. Yeah. And an amazing film. Yeah, we oh, loved thank it. You. Uh, thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> How are you anyway? Are you okay? Like, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I'm battling, yeah definitely. I'm battling a little bit of cold and flu, but apart from that, I'm good. <laughs> good, good. Because it can always be... Strange leading up to release of a film and all the press and everything you've got to do. It's always a bit strange. Obviously, you did it with My Brother the Devil. Is there anything different this time or that you're doing differently? I'm shooting at the moment. So um, I'm a week into a new film shoot. So that's distracting me a little bit. Oh, amazing. Which is nice because I don't overthink all the swimmer stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Comparatively, the, the pressure of the interview is a very small. <laughs> but now it doesn't matter. It's like, I'm on set later. I don't care. This is, yes, yeah. How's that? How's the new one going? Yeah, good. Good. It's it's an yeah. indie film, um, a real passion project. And um, yeah, it's, it's coming to life. We're just a week Amazing. in, so it's still at the beginning of that journey. Fantastic. I love that. And, and is this with uh, your My Brother the Devil star is this this film yes it yes. is unicorns yeah james christian unicorns Floyd, yeah. yes 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 how fantastic oh good good i'm very pleased i'm very pleased because there's a bit of a gap between the two films and a lot of there's there's a lot of stuff that we talk about with indie filmmakers is like well is it better to just keep making films and just do whatever you can or is it better to think about your process and go no i i'm i'll be ready when i'm ready what was your 
process like yeah for me um after my brother the devil i had like a lot of attention and scripts were coming my way and in all honesty they just weren't very good and you know mm. if it's that second album syndrome where you're like you know, you've only got the chance to make one first film and one second film in a way and mm. a first film nowadays is like a short used to be it's a bit of a calling card um you know my brother the devil was super low budget we made it on half a million pounds um and it you know far exceeded that in its in how it was how it did but um the second film was something that I sweated over and so you know people call it a gap but actually I was working non-stop um I directed Mm -hmm. Babylon with Danny Boyle that tv series with Jesse Armstrong and Danny Boyle um did three eps of that and the big like finale for that and Mm -hmm. was writing my own projects to direct and then swimmers yeah. came along. Swimmers was a four-year journey. So, so can you talk us through that journey? How, how did it? How did it start from the script first arriving to you, or you finding out about the story? How did, how did this whole thing begin for you? Yeah. So, a working title contacted me with a screenplay, um, which is always nice, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those calls you, you usually would like to take. Yes. Well, funnily enough, I turned down two of their previous uh, screenplays. Yeah, so, I read that. I read that. <laughs> And I imagine that that was, that's not easy, you know, and I'm not saying you said, you, you imagine you read loads of scripts at that point and turning down stuff is powerful. Yeah, sometimes the, the, the studios, you, know, you turn something down, they're like, okay, well, you know, that's that's fine, but we're, we're going to sort of give the next person the project next time. So that's mm. that's really good in your favour. Yeah, but also, you know, there, there were reasons for that. And, um, you know, in my mind, always after My Brother the Devil, it was I'd rather work with the compass, not the clock. And as long mm. as you're going in the correct direction towards something that you feel is good. It's so hard to make a film and you spend... Uh, years of your life putting everything into it or certainly I'm a perfectionist and I do that and it becomes I become obsessive about Mm. what I'm doing and so I have to choose carefully because it has to be something that I'll want to jump out of bed every morning and embrace for years of my life and it has to mean something to you as well yeah exactly I think you know that's kind of that's kind of my thing with with choosing projects is it's always that it has to sort of really touch you because if you read a script and it's it's good you know the quality's there that's that's fine but you're spending such a long time with with the characters you just have to care about it yeah, yeah. And, and love them and care about them my problem is i never want to make a film i've seen before so mm, you right. know that's usually my issue with things that come across uh, you know uh, my desk is that it's like oh great um that's good but i've seen it and it's uh, yes. it's like where's the excitement yeah. if you if it's yeah. just like this other thing that already exists um, mm, you know, so I'm I always, like that because because it's always got to be a challenge yeah. and it's got to be something like I love going out of my comfort zone. I love being mm. a bit scared of a project and it's mm. thinking I don't know how I'm going to do it quite. And it's thinking, oh, I haven't seen that before. That's interesting because that's what keeps my interest for the, for the long yeah. run. And that's must have been what happened with the swimmers then, because Jack Thorne obviously had written this uh, at the time, was sent to you, and from what I understood, you again sort of said, "No, I'm, 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 I'm concentrating on my own project." But something drew you when you read it. Could you maybe talk us through that and what made you go, oh? Uh, Matthew, my agent, said, look, you've turned down two working title scripts. Can you please just, when you read this one, <laughs> let's, let's set a meeting for you to tell them why you're not going to do it. Because we were okay. both convinced I wasn't going to do it because I was so mm-hmm. tunnel vision on another film um, right. that I was writing. I said, yeah, OK, I will. I told them that I'd take a week to read it because I was also trying to get to the end of a rewrite. But I ended up picking it up quickly and just thinking, oh, let me just start. And 
and I read it all the way through very quickly and I got mm -hmm. to the end and I just knew I had to do it. And it sounds so corny to say it because I've heard other people say it and thought, I never had that experience. But mm -hmm. um, it, it really was like that. And it was mainly because I had known about Yusra um, mm. at the time when she was in the news around the Rio Olympics. And I thought, oh, I get this. This is a feel-good underdog story that I've seen before that's refugee to an Olympian, um, mm. um, a sports movie. And it, I was like, oh, that's a bit reactive to make it about a Syrian girl, um, reactive to the headlines. And so I had sure. all my own prejudices approaching mm. that, that story. And then when I found out about Sarah and it realized there was a sister and realized that she was an unsung hero and that this was a film about two heroes and that Yusra couldn't have got there if it wasn't literally on the back of Sara. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. As demonstrated in the poster for, yes. you, for audio listeners. <laughs> yes. Which for those of you can't see. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think, I think that's one of the, the real credits to the film is that it, it does start off as a feel-good movie, and I, I think one of the things I really like is that it, it, it straight straight away puts you into you know the, the everyday life of, of these girls, and they're, you know they're, they're no different to us. They're they're living a, an amazing, normal, fun life. And they've got their family and their friends and their their kind of you know their activities and, and all the swimming. And then suddenly it kind of becomes this war zone, and and the feel-good is is replaced by some real horrors <laughs> in the sort of central central part of the film, and. It, I think it's a really interesting sort of journey of expectations, how it does go from that feel good thing into something that's like very real, you know, and, and very moving. Um, how, was it was it always that way on, on the script? Like, have you what was your what was your sort of take once you'd got the script and then you moved into, OK, I'm going to put my directorial spin on this. Jack had constructed something that structure that was really solid. Um, one of the things early on in the script was it started with the crossing and there was, it flashed back. And it, mm -hmm. I remember when I was meeting to, to you know, to, when I was going hard for the job and being interviewed, um, I was like, this story is so amazing. Let's not mess it up by be, trying to be clever filmmakers. Just tell it in a linear way. You know, there's, there's no need for, uh, for that. Um, mm -hmm. And it, uh, that, that was like one of my, first things and it very soon in the process Jack realized that I really had a lot to say and so I ended up co-writing with him and he was so open to that and welcoming wow. and mm. you know it was a real collaboration so in the earlier drafts the Syria section was uh, much smaller and uh, less fleshed out and not non-existent slightly um, and that was something there was a lot of pressure to remove. Also, the film was all in English. I felt very passionately that it should be in Arabic for the mm. authenticity because they were bilingual girls and they spoke English and Arabic. I wanted to set up the world authentically in the Arabic. And then as they traveled on the journey and were around only English speakers, they flipped to English, which is very realistic to bilingual, the bilingual experience. Mm. And then when you you know, in talking to Yusra and Sara early on, they were saying how sometimes they'll have conversations in English because it's too painful in Arabic to have them. And English mm. feels a little less emotional. Um, but then wow. for the emotional scenes to flip back to the Arabic. So when they have the fight in the hotel room later on, you know, they're, they're arguing and Yusra's upset. That felt like it needed to be Arabic. So it was very intuitive, that whole flip between the languages uh, of when it needed to be English and when it needed to be Arabic. But Yes. Uh, th the main reason I wanted to do the film 
was that in Yusra and Sara, I saw myself when I was a teenager growing up in Cairo. And mm. it, they reminded me of me and my friends. You have to come from a certain uh, quite open-minded liberal family to be a competitive swimmer because your family has to be okay with be you being a young woman wearing a swimming costume and being around male coaches and male team members and going to competitions. Yeah. So all my three siblings were swimmers and it, I spent all my time in swimming pools in Cairo. Mm -hmm. So there was that connection to the story. I wasn't a very good swimmer myself in that uh, I didn't make the swim team. No, but you could get across the pool. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I could swim. <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> and I worked in the pool office, so I was around it, and uh, they were all in competition, so I was around competitions a lot as well. Um, mm -hmm. And so in in that sense, it was, it was that angle, but also just who Yusra and Sara were, because mm -hmm. war turns everything on its head. Yeah. And it, the patriarchal structures and societal structures that exist in that part of the world are shaken. So two young women who are 17 and 20 are allowed the freedom to actually take their destinies into their own like hands and to travel across Europe in that way. And so for me, it was this incredible liberation story. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too feminist on it, but they had the freedom to become the heroes they became. And I don't know if they stayed in Syria. I mean, I don't mean specifically them, but within that structure, there may have been a time where an arranged marriage was encouraged or um, a husband or a father figure would have said, OK, it's about time you got out of the swimsuit, which which happened to a friend of mine back wow. home in Cairo. I think one of the things that's so powerful is that you you do spend the time setting up what their their lives were like and also this conflict um with the fact that the fact that them going isn't just a difficult thing for for any young person to go because they're in a war zone it's it's the fact that they're they're kind of struggling against this this sort of institution and um you know the, it, it's a very brave thing to do and, and i think as they go on the journey you also realize how incredibly dangerous it is and i think it is very you know very important but how did you approach the casting to, to get such great fits for the, the sisters? Well, I knew I needed uh, native Arabic speakers for the core cast. So I was focusing on that and I was looking for Syrian uh, young women. Um, and it, we began focusing just on those in Syria and those in the Syrian, like in the diaspora who've left Syria. And it became very apparent that the paperwork situation and the various levels of refugee status that people did and didn't have was going to make it impossible to film in London, Belgium and Turkey, which were by then were Looking and, and Germany, which were looking like our main filming locations. So then I expanded the search to the Levant because that's the closest dialect in Arabic um, that's like it and was looking at actors from that region and across the larger, broader Arab world. But those who weren't Syrian, you know, I put a lot of work in. So Hassan Akkad came onto the project and it, um, he had, uh, he, uh, you may know him from Exodus. He mm. um, filmed his own journey on a dinghy, um, which he won a yes. BAFTA for um, in that BBC series Exodus. Mm. And he's a Syrian refugee who lives in the UK. And it, I contacted him and, you know, DM'd him. And it, <laughs> we began talking and I was like, look, I, you used to be an English teacher back home in Damascus. And it, I really want the Syrian in this. I, I need the translation to not just be done by someone who speaks Arabic. It needs to be someone who knows the street slang of young being young in 2015 in Damascus. And he's like, well, I know that. So mm. I actually got him to translate the Arabic portions and to put it 
like how people speak because I didn't want it to be like Google Translate. So the Arabic version of the script felt really raw and authentic. And there are kind of terms in there that only a Damascene teenager would know is real. And then, of course, he became really important to me in the process because I kept on asking him for his phone footage and photos of home and um, all this info was coming from him. And so I got him to work with the actors as well to perfect their Syrian. So he was kind of working with them to get the Lebanese Issa sisters to speak Syrian Arabic. But yeah, so back to the casting question. <laughs> um, um, I had I was aware of Manal Issa, who'd been in some independent mm. Lebanese films. And when she was auditioning for Sara, um, I had thought of her for Sara actually when I first read the script. Um, because Sara and her are very free, rebellious spirits. And it, I thought, oh, wow, Manal would be great in that role. Um, yeah. But then was fixated on finding Syrian girls. And so eventually when it came around to opening it up a bit more, we asked Manal to audition, but she didn't want to because she had a water phobia. And so we finally wow. convinced her she, she couldn't swim. And so the name The Swimmers and the log line was scaring her. And eventually we convinced her to audition. And when I met her, we began talking about sisterhood and she mentioned her little sister, Natalie, who wasn't an actress, but was studying to do her master's in literature in Paris. And so then I was very interested in Natalie and I said, can we get the script to Natalie? Can we talk to Natalie about coming in and auditioning with you? And so we mm -hmm. set that screen test up. And as soon as I saw them together, I just, the chemistry was there. And their core personalities reflect Yusra and Sara and just in who they are. And I just felt I'd found the Lebanese versions of the Mardini sisters. Um, so it was it was a no-brainer, really. Yeah, I love that. Did you have any any kickback at all from Working Title or from Netflix in any way about the casting or in about how you wanted to shoot it? You know, maybe we start with the casting side of that because it is important and people do care about names and how we're going to get people to watch this. From the beginning, had you set out we don't need anyone with any, you know, huge name to help get this film shown. Was that something that you discussed early on? Yeah, that was. That was something that from the beginning they knew that two young Arab women to play the age of 17 and 20 weren't going to mm. be um, anybody that anybody heard of before. So in that regard, I had some freedom, although it was tricky because previous, before the pandemic, we were putting together the film with focus. And I think yeah. they understood the project less than Netflix. Right. Um, and I had a lot more struggle to put my views across in terms of the Arabic language in the script, in terms of my need for authenticity, mm -hmm. in terms of casting decisions. Um, it felt like they don't really have the mentality of a globe globally that Netflix does. And when I mm -hmm. went to Netflix, there was no questions. It was like they understood completely why the film needed to be the way it was, and they gave me utter freedom. So Netflix truly allowed me to make the film I wanted to make. Amazing. And, and between the, the sort of personalities of the two sisters, because I was interested in, in how you worked with them, what I found really fascinating is that the, the younger sister is very emotionally available sort of all the way through the film. And uh, the older sister, there's, there's a moment sort of later in the film when you finally see her sort of show her show her heart I, I found it was like a really nice restraint and I, and I wondered whether that was part of the, the the process was to sort of really show that that difference between uh, between the two of them or, or whether that was kind of in their performances or the script yeah well that was there from the script it was in that line you know oh you're soft on the outside but hard underneath and Sarah's the reverse and it was part of what I loved about their dynamic was that 
you know, without Sarah, they probably wouldn't have left Damascus in the first place or even got through the journey. Sarah was the first one to jump in the water. You know, Sarah was definitely the leader in any of this story kicking off and happening. She was the spark that ignited it and made it happen. But then, interestingly, she was the one who, upon arrival, collapsed and struggled more and had, you know, had a crisis of identity and um, found it hard in Germany, where that was the point when Yusra found her wings and became the strong one. So they mm-hmm. dovetailed so perfectly emotionally in in, <laughs> in, in terms of that and, and so that was there at you know in the script but um and something that you know i manipulated for the film uh, in terms of the performance <laughs> yeah. was it was it was it difficult working with them as sort of new new actor i mean i've done it on my brother the devil i was going to say did it with james yeah. and uh, and faddy didn't you you know that sort of and a lot of other youngsters in there and a new yeah actors. letitia had, had letitia, not done one. of yeah. course yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a big star now um yeah there's so many in there malachi kirby you know there's so many in my brother it's one of my favorite films i love it i think it's fabulous <laughs> letitia right by the way uh it's in black panther and you've done that quite a bit in terms of working with young new actors again here what 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 tips and tricks what do you learn what's good that helps you get across your vision but also make sure they're comfortable and happy in doing what they do yeah i mean it's uh, you know first time actors um it, it's all about your relationship with them and it's making sure they feel safe uh, finding out everybody's unique all actors so you know you only ever have a specific approach to each individual person. You can't have one blanket approach to all actors because part of, I I feel, my job is when I first meet an actor is to work out how I'm going to work with them, how they like to work, how they respond, and whether they need more in-depth notes, whether they need something very small and concise, whether they they don't need any notes and they just need to be told an action, Um, whether they're overthinkers, whether they need to know what their character has in their pocket or whether they need to Mm -hmm. laugh and joke in between takes. So with Manal and Natalie, I realised very early on how they responded to music. So, for example, that last scene in the movie, I wasn't really feeling the joy. We were exhausted. It was a really long shoot. They'd been training physically. It was a real physical role for them both. And we were all on our last legs and we got to this beautiful beach and we had magic hour and we had one opportunity to get like this joyous moment in the sea between the girls and on the spur of the moment I realized we need a big speakers on this beach now we need to blast them with their favorite music and they just need to dance in the water and we did that and that was the scene and that's where that photo on the poster comes from and it's it's like you you have to be quite intuitive in that way and with Natalie bless her she she was always hiding from the camera. And so whenever she'd start the scene, the camera would be there. She'd eventually have turned her body to the complete opposite direction. <laughs> opposite, like, no, no, yeah. we need to see your face. <laughs> She's quite camera shy. Um, and whenever the lights were too bright, she'd be like, oh, no, I can't see. The lights are too bright. She didn't like lights in her eyes. So it was then working in a way that made her feel relaxed and mm. it's getting the team to know that she was going to move. And so they accommodate and move with her. <laughs> That's great. The same with the cinematography then, you know, you, you've got a fantastic cinematographer there with Christopher Ross who did yesterday and that uh, was the latest one he did. Everyone's talking about Jamie, you know, he, he's got a big range and you brought him on to this, which is an intimate, I suppose, drama. What, what was your relationship like there? How did you 
develop the shorthand that you needed, etc. It was incredible. I mean, Chris and Patrick Rolfe, the production designer, and Ian Kitching, the editor who I always work with, Ian, they were my pillars, really, in achieving what was achieved. Chris, I, I mean, twice on the shoot, he said to me, this is the hardest job I've ever done. And he lost like a stone <laughs> doing this job. <laughs> we kind of all do when we film in, don't we? We all just lose a load of weight. Go, oh my God, oh my God. And he, he called it the Sally Al-Husseini diet. He was like, I'm on the Sally Al-Husseini diet on this one. <laughs> He's like, because what, it was very important to me that whoever shot it was going to operate. Yes, and it was like not going to be somebody who stood back, but was going to be somebody who was in the water with the camera on their shoulder, Literally, living yeah, it. Hands on. And so yeah. he really was on the journey with the with the characters. In the deep end. Yeah, mm. in that truck, which I can tell you mm. was boiling in Turkey in 45 degree heat, oh. um, at, you know, and wearing a mask through it all because it was oh, COVID no. while Mouth he was operating and mm. being out at sea. We, I mean, we did everything for real, pretty much. I mean, mm. the night. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, on the sea. My God. How did you sort of work out the, the logistics of you know the crossing because it's it's such a big thing and, and also also the the sort of the the hungry uh, border crossing with the with the attack dogs and the car I mean that's a big set piece how did you kind of you know sit down with your HODs and think okay how are we going to do this how are we going to get the actors comfortable with this kind of material because it's it's very harrowing as well yeah well, we didn't want to get the actors comfortable with the material in that in, in the crossing because mm. that's the point of it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had cast a lot of uh, refugees as those people, that group that travelled. So they were the dinghy supporting artists, and so there were people who'd taken the journey themselves who were in that dinghy. And wow. likewise, we cast a lot of refugees behind the scenes working on the film. Um, that was something that was important to me again for the authenticity of the piece and to set a tone. You know, you know what we were doing here, um, and we knew that we went to the Aegean coast where Yusra and Sara set up, really did set off from. And when we were wrecking that coastline, we saw boats crossing with coast guard ships chasing them. And so there was this sense that this is just such an alive, real situation. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't see it when we were literally filming. But we had two days to shoot the crossing. And um, we really put a dinghy on the water and put 25 people in it, children and baby, and went out to sea. And we really were at the mercy of the waves. And so we were in this small dinghy following along next to it, sometimes tethered to it, sometimes not. And we had um, a marine safety team. They treated it as if they had 25 actors in the water in life jackets for the duration of the day. So we had right. those safety levels, you know, in place. Um, and then the unit base was this, the mothership, this big ship that had to stay far away because it was needed to be out of shot and we had such mm -hmm. vistas. So actually mm -hmm. there was no way people could stop and use the loo. There's no way people could take five minutes and stop because the waves were just like mm. knocking everyone about. So when you see the actors vomiting, they really are vomiting. Um, oh, and it's God. little fish were jumping into the dinghy and eating the vomit. And it, oh, it, it, it's, it, it was, it was really raw. Fun day. It was really raw. But it feels authentic and it, and it is. Yeah. And, and for yeah. something like this, you, you can't, you can't sort of pull your punches. It has to be as horrendous as it is. And I think that, that for me was the big, the big, big shock in the film where it really transitions from, you know, this kind of almost, you know, sort of journey like, you know, two very optimistic kids, we're going to go on an adventure, we're going to, you know, save our family. And then the sort of the hard reality of this is actually a, a real horror. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, and we had, you know, Hassan's mobile phone footage from his journey. Um, you know, his dinghy was taking on water. You know, you watch enough footage from people's phone footage of the have taken the journey and you know the vibe and... 
all the actors in that dinghy, you know, um, they went on as individuals and they got off that boat at the end of the filming day as a family. And they were so bonded whenever they saw each other on set after that. And even that night in the hotel, there was just this connection they had with each other. They all had each other's backs and it was, it was really amazing to see and triggering as well for those who'd been on the journey you know people had PTSD and flashbacks and um, Netflix were very good about having counsellors available for everybody there I was, love that yeah Great. mental health support for everybody on the mm. production um, but all of those there was a duty of care to the people who'd taken that journey before but they all wanted to take part in it because they wanted to show what it was really like within the context of this story to a wider audience and for people to really feel because my huge ambition with creatively with the film was not for it to be like the TV news images you see, because we become immune to those. So all the creative choices in terms of what camera, what lenses, um, how we shot it was all about putting the audience on the journey with the sisters and being a participant mm -hmm. on the inside rather than uh, an objective observer on the outside judging it. Mm -hmm. Because we, I'm tired of sympathy with the refugee situation. And I felt like empathy is what's needed and it, to humanize these people, for people to maybe forget that they're refugees and connect with them as human beings and realize they're just like you and me. And I feel that's the most powerful thing that cinema can do is allow an audience to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and really put themselves in it. Therefore, Chris having to be another character on the story with the camera. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And beautifully said. Um, and did you storyboard all this? Are you shot listing, storyboarding every day? Talk yeah, us through your process as we a We storyboarded The Crossing, but Oh my God, the storyboards were epic. And they, 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 I mean, Brendan, who did the storyboards with me, we storyboarded the missile going, the, the, the little toy going into the pool and the mm. miss mortar attack in the opening, the mortar going into the pool and the crossing. And it, the crossing storyboards were so huge and unwieldy. <laughs> they covered walls of the production office and everybody was scared of the crossing and going, how the hell are you going to film this in two days? <laughs> yeah. And everybody was freaking out about the crossing. Nobody understood the crossing. Is, so yes, it was a mammoth task and thank God we did storyboard. But when you're out there, you just have to go with what the reality is. And that yes, was a lot of, of this film. You know, you could plan mm. as much as you like, but once you're there, you're at the mercy of the waves you know, mm. what the sea is doing. And the nighttime crossing, we had to do in a tank, a water tank, because, oh, right. yeah, that well, there's no way, we wanted to do it um, in the sea, but the Aegean Sea at night is so, I mean, like in the film, mm. it's so turbulent. It was just completely unsafe for us to do that in the darkness. There's no way. So for, for these big sort of set pieces and, and, and in general, do you do you like to do a lot of rehearsals with, with the actors or do you, do you like to sort of just talk through things and, and sort of get ideas beforehand or do you like that immediacy of, of sort of going, going for take after take? Although the film has these big set pieces, we were still quite a small film in the, in the mm. scale of things. So... Um, we didn't have the budget necessarily that uh, of, of the epic film that I knew it was. Mm. Um, and so there was discussion beforehand because we just didn't have the luxury of time to find it on the day. Um, so, of course, it was all discussed before, but nothing beats actually being there with all the supporting artists walking along the real train tracks. So that, of course creating a world and a situation and throwing the actors into it was certainly something we did a lot of on this. Yeah. What, what did you learn, I suppose, as a director? And obviously you've been, you know, developing and shooting lots of other bits and pieces in between, but what did you learn 
between my brother the devil and making the swimmers that you you took with you or that you you know you, you're not doing on the unicorn or anything like that that'd be really interesting for our listeners for me it was having the courage to lose control and let go because mm. being a director is this strange combination of being a control freak which <laughs> you are and then yeah. also letting go and it's mm. on swimmers sometimes the scale of it was so big you had to let go um and just go with what it was <laughs> Um, yes. like at sea and um, on My Brother the Devil it was you know it was very low budget but there was control you know it was small it was intimate and there was the mm. ability to really control every detail and so I think it's it's allowing yourself to let go, really. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it does make sense. It's so difficult when you're in it sometimes and you can get so involved in the process as a director. You've got to do this. We've got this is the shots I want. And he almost I said this a few times, but your expectations start up here and then they just slowly come down because you're going to end up with just, you know, it's a shot of it's just a handheld camera now. And you had this beautiful sweeping shot that has gone. Yeah, your dreams die on set, don't they? Yeah, they do, don't they? It's, it's really really weird but they do <laughs> oh god but yet you still got your dream was there anything you actually had to cut so the first assembly of swimmers was four hours long oh that's gonna make a good dvd <laughs> yeah um wow. so we cut a hell of a lot and my favorite version was two hours 20 and the final version you saw was 208 the actual film and when you add the credits it lengthens it a bit but the actual film is 208 what you um saw um, yeah. But 220 was my favorite version. And there was talk at the very beginning of maybe this should be in two parts. And um, mm, especially you know. Netflix, because, yeah, they can do that. It's like, OK, well, we can make this a two parter. What changed? What made you go? No, I want it to be one. Or what? Or I knew it was no. a film from the beginning. I mean, and, right. and in my heart, that's what it was. And mm. we just shot the shit out of it. I don't know. I'm allowed to swear on a podcast. So yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, well, definitely this one. <laughs> and we had loads of footage. And, um, How did you choose then to take those scenes yeah. out? Because it's so heartbreaking sometimes to take your favourite scenes or our scenes that, but you know, you've already told it in the last scene. It's just that was a beautiful shot or what you went through to get that particular shot or that whole scene. How did you choose? Yeah, I mean, editing... My favourite part of the whole process is the first day of the edit. Because you know you've got a film, right? Yeah. Oh, you've got to say... <laughs> no, because do you know what it is? You've had so much um, uh, planning and prep and build-up and pressure to get it all shot. Mm. It feels to me, when you go in and just look at it, warts and all, you're like, this is the worst it's ever going to be. Yes. And it can yes. only get better from here on in. And I can forget all the nightmares and headaches and things mm. that went on before. And it's like you feel reborn and mm. it's just like really zen. And um, <laughs> I always bring like candles into the edit suite and like crystals. And it's like I make this nice environment and it just feels like it's the best day is that first day in the edit because there's so much possibility ahead of you. And, you know, it's only going to get better. And there, there are gems. There are like uncut diamonds in there and you're just mm -hmm. like okay that bit's a bit rough but we'll get over it we'll we'll work out how we're going to do it and Ian who's um, the only editor I've ever worked with <laughs> and who I will hopefully only ever work with because we have <laughs> he's kind of yeah. we have this he's kind of the other half of my brain in a way he mm. always um, reads scripts early and so our discussion's gone on from early about music and tone and all sorts of things um, and his assemblies are always you know such a joy to watch to be honest and so mm. maybe that also helps 
the first day in the edit. Eases that pain of, yeah. oh my God, look at this four hour cut. Oh my God. Yeah. But I knew you just chip away at it because, you know, simplicity yeah. is an art form and it, yes. it's like the highest art form. And it's what you're always trying to find a way. And always you find you've said the same thing three times. And it's just mm-hmm. then evaluating what is the strongest and where in the order is the strongest and mm-hmm. you know I'm a big we, we do the whole note cards up on the wall kind of thing and mull and the crossing was dealt with like its own little short film within the film so it has a beginning a middle and an end and a climax and all the you know so, so that we dealt as a, like a little separate entity almost um, from shore to shore. So, so you had some time to sort of go through the edit yourself before the the other companies got involved? Yeah, yeah, we did. Which is is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how do you deal with the notes, I suppose? Because it can be difficult. You know, you're dealing with notes of people who weren't, they're not in the room with you. They don't understand why you might have cut from that to that. How do you, you know, deal with that and deal with notes? And what's your process of of trying to get your vision across? You do the ones that you agree with and you don't do the others. (laughs) (laughs) that's basically it and one of the producers on this uh, one of the producers on this did his EPK yesterday and he came out and bumped into me in the corridor just as he'd done it and he said I told them you were quite uncompromising (laughs) and I was like I'll take that as a compliment (laughs) definitely as a filmmaker you have to be though right it's your vision it's your name it's your everything and sometimes you do have to stand tough even in the face of adversity here and people are going well 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 and that can be really difficult it can be but at the end of the day people are employing you to do that that's your job so it's not about being personal you know sometimes I liken being a director to being the parent or the designated driver at all times because sometimes it's a lot of fun but you can never be the one to have fun because you've got the larger picture and the vision in your head so even when you're filming or in the edit you know you've got the greater good of the film always that you are carrying um, Mm. and that's your responsibility and it's a responsibility to everyone everyone that's that's gone on this journey really i mean it's not like you're sort of fighting for you know a a fun piece of music that costs a lot of money or or, or whatever you're you're fighting for a very authentic very real story and and that's where you have to stick to your guns and for something important and um you know ultimately you just stick to your guns and you explain it calmly and rationally and you have difficult conversations i love it honestly sally thank you so much the swimmers is amazing it's out on netflix on the 21st of november uh do go watch this it's it's brilliant it can be life-changing and you've honestly made a fantastic film thank Thank you for, for again giving me another amazing film like say my brother the devil was an inspiration for me becoming a filmmaker and oh, wow. uh, and doing all that and it was like well if sally can do that on that budget then we can too uh, final tiny bit of advice then for filmmakers out there if there's anything else that we've missed or top of your head that you go oh yeah that was useful or anything like that would be amazing a piece of advice or something useful um <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. or, or something you tell your earlier self there you go yeah. you were struggling in the film um, industry just keep going I mean you know everyone will always say no and um, work with the compass not the clock it's about he who lasts the longest and it's uh, just be true to what you're doing and honest and you'll get there like it's not actually rocket science <laughs> 
it's not actually rocket science. No, no, it's not. It's close, very close. <laughs> <laughs> For us, it's rocket science, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but there's uh, always a w- there's always something new to that. learn on everything. There's always something to learn. Always something new. You know, in every project you do, there's something out of your comfort zone that you mm-hmm. are. You know, if if you're doing it right, yeah. that's how it should be. So you know, don't wait for permission. Just you know, keep going and and make it happen. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been amazing. This has been a really great chat. Thank you. Thanks. And congratulations. Thank you. Cheers, Sally. Bye. 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 One day, I want to swim in the Olympics. Escalated out of control. We need to go. He says he can get us on a boat to Greece. There's no more room in the boat. What you both did in the scene. She got embarrassed. She's a superhero. The Olympics feel so far away right now. I believe you can do it. We need to get to Germany. You're not allowed to give up. I heard you both had to escape a war. We're forming an Olympic refugee team for real. We have a lot of work to do. You should do it. There's so much more than an Olympian. Ready? Swim for me. For everyone who died trying to find a new life. Swim for all of us. We have a home. Swimming is home. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you lot? Nice. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I love this already. This is a good start. It's perfect. Yeah, welcome to Filmmakers Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is real pleasure. Appreciate your time today. It it is. It's an astonishingly powerful story. I mean, could, could you all go through how you first boarded the project, how you got involved, how you heard about this amazing journey that you embarked on? Uh, yeah, at the beginning, I got this uh, offer to do the casting for the film, and I refused it because I don't know how to swim, and because mm-hmm. I'm scared of films about refugees, because uh, there's a lot of films that people want to do about refugees that are mainly not what happens really. Sensational So I stuff. said no, and then they asked me through the other agent, and I was like, but I don't know how to swim, and then Sally uh, called me. And we spoke and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so stupid I, because I was going to say no and refuse the film. But when I, and basically I accepted the film because of Sally, because of the vision she had for the film, because of how she wanted to speak about these two girls. It's a story about two sisters going through 
this uh, leaving their country and going to Berlin. So basically, this is how I did the castings. I did one, two, three, four, five, six uh, times, <laughs> sending tapes, <laughs> going to London. And then she was looking for the sister. And I told her, I have a sister also. We did a film together before. Uh, mm-hmm. a Syrian film called My Favorite Fabric, where she had, uh, she played also my sister. She did the casting, she tell you about it. Uh, yeah, when she told me about it, I was studying, I was in my master's, and she told me about swimmers, I was like, forget about it, like, I'm studying, it's more important, I, I'm Do not my in this degree, world. Yeah. But then <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, then she <laughs> told me, learning. yeah, and then she, she was like, okay, and then she came back to me, she was like, you're sure, you can give it a try. So I was like, okay, I sent self-tapes, they liked it, I went to London, we did, uh, like, a lot of like audition and screening test. It was amazing. And the more I was involved in the script, involved with talking to Sally, the more I wanted to do the movie. And then I told Sally, I want to be accepted. I want to be Yusra Mardini. I don't care about studies. Halas. Let's do this movie for one. Like <laughs> I took a year off, of course, <laughs> to be doing it. And it's it's amazing. I'm happy that it's my first like big experience and I'm so glad I'm doing it. Like, yeah. You did great. You Thank did, you. You, you. You both did great. Thank yes. you. You too. Thank you. I know. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the son of the film. <laughs> and Matthias, this, this wasn't your first film. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of my one one of the first films ever. No, it's but for me it was like really interesting. Two, uh, 2016, I met the real sisters in Germany on an award show, and uh, they received oh, wow. an award. And I was pretty impressed by the story because I, I thought, wow, that's amazing. Someone needs to make a, need to make a film out of this. Mm, and then five years later, Sally called me and said, uh, hey, we're doing a film called The Swimmers about these guys. And I said, fuck it. Fucking hell, no way. I wanted to do that movie. But can I be part mm-hmm. of it? And Sally said, you can be, you can play the coach. So here we are. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Because like I say, you've, you've been in so many movies and you've also directed and, and produced lots of things. Army of Thieves was fantastic, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Very, very cool movie. We've been, uh, one, uh, I've got one of my films coming out very soon and we were looking at your poster for Army of Thieves as an example of how poster should be for ours as well. So oh, well done. You. That's, that's amazing. Yay. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Cool. So th- th- making this with Sally then, let's talk about working with directors and that whole experience for all of you working with directors obviously for you that is what well, first time is different so let's talk about you guys in relation to working with directors and your experience of that and how you do it and how swimmers might have been different in any way that'd be really lovely first sally um um i think it was a really interesting process because Yusra and sarah are real sisters and natalie and manal they they're real sisters and t- sometimes it was for me a And, and, and every day was pretty intense and interesting because sometimes I just watched these both girls being sisters, arguing, fighting, crying a lot, or and laughing and screaming <laughs> at each other and that. going crazy. Sometimes it was just like something private in between them and you didn't get it. And it went, they went crazy for three hours and just everyone was just like... In, in between and Sally was just like oh my god they're fighting again and then again someone was crying that was <laughs> it's because you speak Arabic yeah we're not you think we're screaming we're no 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 no, no, but no, no, no but no but no but because because, because they, they, they know each other so well and yeah. um, but also it, for us but it's it was, not fighting for but them. it was really funny and uh, that's just a general conversation about tea Yeah. yeah, just yeah. It's no, Arabic. But yeah. but but it was great to see Manal was pushing Natalie and Natalie was pushing Manal too. That was great to see, to see them both 
acting and together and Sally did a great job by you know leading them through this whole experience right mm. Sally is a really uh, is a really uh, amazing human being she's really uh, like empathic like she was really empathic. maybe because it was empathic. my first big thing she was really looking up to me every time I was not feeling very well she was taking time to come to me she was all <clears> comforting <throat> me it was what was amazing with Sally also she was trusting me she was the first one to have seen Yusra and me and it was a big responsibility for me to do this movie and she was always looking for me she was she was kind of a maternal she wasn't treating me and Manaz the same I felt like she was more sensitive toward me maybe because it was my first project Manal has done a lot of things so mm. I was I felt really comfortable with her I could tell everything she mm. was leading me in a really good way if she sees me like struggling with something she comes if I wanted to tell her something like she was directing me in a very good way it was amazing as a as an experience as it is like and what what was your preparation process like uh, the both of you in, in terms of getting ready for such a such a such a big you know, <laughs> big yeah. thing to take on, really. <laughs> I think the prep, yeah. the prep is, I think, my favorite memory for the whole like project because we were we were having physical training three times a week with wonderful George. Uh, we were having six days uh, a week swimming every day. Mm. Uh, Had a great trainer. Meal plan. Uh, and it helped us, helped me to get into the character, to understand how it feels to be in the water, to understand how it feels to be a swimmer, to understand how it feels to want to reach a goal in the swimming, like subject theme. And um, it was, it helped us also what you you say too, it helped us go to the journey, through the journey of the film, because the film in itself was a journey. It was really physically hard. We were walking mm. a lot, we were swimming a lot, we were like, Climbing hills and traveling, uh, yeah, also. It was, a lot of locations. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it was an intense prep, but that helped us go through the movie to be physically ready for it. I just mm. had to learn to whistle. That's that's was the only thing yeah. I really had to <laughs> you know, just whistling. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to do. No, it is. It's not easy. Yeah. You can't tell. You no, learn. It's, it's 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 not easy. <laughs> I, I never uh, and even everything to be when you see the film, it, it's everything is dubbed. It's not me. So I just did like. <laughs> Awesome oh, guy, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Great. He's a whistler. Yeah. Yeah, he's a whistler. And now for you as well, obviously, again, work with lots of directors before. How's this experience for you working? And what do you like from directors as well? What do you, what's process? Because every actor is different. What process do you like? Uh, and do you let directors know that straight away? Yeah, um, I started acting in France. I'm Lebanese, but I started acting in France with a Lebanese director. And then with each director, I learned what I wanted to do in acting as an actress. I like when I have a very interesting roles. I know that I can't do a role just to do a role. I need it to be important in my life at the time. I like discussing a lot with the text. I like to know when, if the text, I have to have it as it is or change with it. For Sally... Uh, the conversation was different because it's a film from white people on the situation that's happening in the Middle East. So I mm. also told Sally, I can't just do it as it is. I need to have what I think in it. There's things I refuse to say, for example, like halal, like Islam, like na, -na, -na because this is not the way we mm. talk, but this is how the Western society perceives us. And also it was nice because Jack Thorne was also in the conversation. And he mm -hmm. also took a lot from what I was saying. 
It was really important for me to, at the beginning, it was also very weird for me to speak in English. So we also went through this conversation with Sally. Sally also didn't really have the choice. It's because of the marketing of Netflix originals, how much we put Arabic, how much we put English. So this is how we were working with Sally, how to make the film fluid for us as actors to give something that would work for all the world. So we, we had to do this work with Sally. So every day we were meeting after the training mm -hmm. with Sally, we sit, we say this part, we'll say it in Arabic. This part, we'll say mm -hmm. it in English. What should we say? What should not we, we say? To also portray in a real way how Arabs are. Because in, mm -hmm. in, in, in Hollywood, and there's always the wrong image. We never watch the films that Hollywood makes about Arabs, for example. And it's important for us as actors to show what we are. It's a responsibility also. It's media, it changes something. Mm. And how yeah. Well, Sally mentioned something really important. The fact that when certain emotional scenes, you would rather speak in English because it hid more of your feelings than, and then occasionally you'd go, no, we have to speak Arabic at this particular point. Was that obviously something you discussed together, but also did that feel great that you could have the opportunity to have that relationship with your director where you could speak openly? Yeah. If I didn't have this, I wouldn't have done the film, to be honest. And it, that's why Sally was a very big part and she did it in a really good way. She's also Arab. She knows how it is. It's, and we know how people see us in the Western society. We know how Arabs are seen. So we, you, we can't just say, okay, let's do the film and trust them. No, we have to yeah. say our mind in it yeah. and we have to defend our honor as Arabs. But if Listen. I can add something, I think it's a big step <clears throat> this movie about how we could sh speak Arabic and everything, but I think progress needs to still be done. Mm. We had to fight kind of to be able to speak some scenes in Arabic. And we hope one day they will do a movie in like in this big production, trust this language, trust that it, it will, uh, no matter how many Arabic words we're putting, people will be interested mm. still in it. Not only Arabic, Be but yeah, other languages yeah. too, because sometimes I feel they're scared if we're not speaking English, it will not attract too many people. But I think mm. it's a big step, but still some, some steps need to be done. Yeah, and, and also it will help the industry in other countries. Yeah. For example, I did a lot of films in Lebanon also that mm -hmm. are amazing mm. and that we don't have the chance to distribute it. And now we have Netflix, so which is good. They should yes. be interested in these films also to show them because I can tell you something. Uh, the character of Sarah, people are saying, wow, it's so good. I also did like these characters in an Arabic film in Lebanon where we have this and we have a lot of actors that are so interesting in the Arab world that they need to also be in these big mm. Films. I think actually for, for me, what made it such an interesting film is that it, it did feel culturally authentic. And I, and I think that's what makes you such likable characters in the film is that you really get absorbed in a world that doesn't feel kind of too, too sort of Hollywooded uh, or sort of commercialized. And it just feels like two everyday girls in a family who are sort of suddenly thrown into this, you know, ridiculous journey. I mean, what were there any moments in the script where you looked at what you had to do, like some of the, the border crossings and you thought this is going to be terrifying and, and that were really challenging to film? To be honest, I... For the crossing, for example, the dinghy, I wasn't expecting it to be this hard, for example. When, you get, when you're in the middle of the water, you're 25 people, there are kids, there are like people like scared of water, maybe. We were in the middle of the water, in the middle of the sea. You get caught up. Like you, you were not expecting it to be this hard. You see people vomiting. 
and because Sadi told us it's gonna be hard, be careful. I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> and then you're in the middle of the sea and you're not expecting to have headaches. You have to pee and you can't go back to the, like you have mm. to hold on, you have, and we I was scared. on each other. Yeah, and for example, there was this dilemma. Uh, you need to eat, but if you eat, you will vomit. And you're like, okay, should I eat? I have headaches and everything. So these little details made it even harder. And it was a really physically, emotionally uh, draining movie, but we made it through it and it shows you how we, like when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, we did this, we're yeah. strong. And I really want to thank what? everyone who was on the dinghy. Yeah, they were amazing. They were amazing. We weren't acting, to be honest. We yeah. weren't <laughs> acting. Yeah, and I remember this girl next to me, she, she was 15. I was just holding her so she doesn't fall. I didn't, I was just holding her all the time and I wanted to hold the hand yeah. of Natalie and I stayed like this all day. My arm, I couldn't feel it for a week because wow. we could fall. Yeah. We were basically underwater. <laughs> and we were sitting, water was here on yes. our belly. It was a huge moment for me when I was watching the film. It was real. It was the moment when this kind of, this journey with these two very likable characters that they're sort of going on an adventure and, and saving their family becomes incredibly real. Uh, and it, it it really does show the the kind of the horror of it, and then and then when you get to land, it doesn't really get much easier for you. How did you sort of, uh, yeah? Did it change you after you after you sort of gone through that? Was it was it difficult to sort of? You had therapists on set, which is something that was organised, wasn't it? Uh, it's not for this. No, uh, no. Uh, we didn't have. So <laughs> sorry, some of the um, some of the people that had been on the the, the border crossing. Yeah, uh, maybe it was private. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it changed us. It made first it made us uh, get close to everybody. We didn't know the people. At the end of the day, we were all close to each other. We really because we've been through something hard. So when you go through something hard with a lot of people, you get to get close to them. It's, there's an intensity, and it's so beautiful. We get close, and we were all helping each other, giving water, blah blah blah. Um, but after it, of course, you feel kind of exhausted. We we've been through the journey mentally and physically. You're exhausted after it, but also it makes you I don't know. It makes you feel like when you go through it, it makes you understand also what the real refugee went through and everything. Mm. It makes you understand better what's going on. Mm. So you open mm. your mind even more. And it's such a gift. Yeah, Sally told you about the, the two guys that were with us on the yes. dinghy. So basically what happened, because we were shooting at the beginning, we were alone. So they were all far. Uh, so there was this guy, Mo, in the film. And he, uh, not uh, Mo, uh, Muhammad. Mm. Muhammad, he, he was through the journey and he was joking at the beginning. But I know, we know trauma. You know, I know, I know I, I, we lived war in 2006 and I had a film, Nocturama. I heard the gunshot, I fell on the floor. And I was like, <gasps> I was shaking, shaking. And the director was like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know, I'm scared. And I started shaking. So I had this memory of trauma and Muhammad on the dinghy had it. And he went out. And I was like, everyone was like, Muhammad is not feeling well, take him out. I went to Muhammad, I say, you go back in the dinghy now because this trauma, you need to break it. He was shaking, he didn't know, he was joking mm -hmm. just before. And he started shaking and everybody was saying, just go. I was like, no, you go back to the dinghy now. Because I went through this, I forced the director to keep me in the gunshot. I was like, let me hear it more, more, more. And I was shaking, shaking. And then one time I stopped being scared of it. 
And uh, mm-hmm. he did it, Muhammad. He went back to the boat, and I told him, "Imagine yourself. Everything you're scared of, everything he was he was like the baby, the baby crying, the baby crying, the baby crying." And I was like, "He's remembering something. He didn't react on it when he lived it in the dinghy. He re- reacted on it when we filmed it." Mm-hmm. And this, this is just something, you know, as a human being, traumas mm-hmm. are something that can break you more than war itself. Yeah. And yeah. trauma can yeah, break true. you more than when you live it because when you live it, you don't re- react to it and it's very dangerous. And, yes. and I'm happy that it gave him the chance to break his trauma. And I think this yes. is the most thing that was really important that happened. Yeah, trauma. It's, it's so it, that, that in filmmaking is so, so it's part of it. It can be crazy. Mateus, for you, obviously, you've just done a bit of Oppenheimer. The difference, and there's, obviously there's so much going on in the back of that, but the difference then between Sally and Christopher Nolan, for instance, you know, in terms of getting in there, it'd be really interesting to know that. And did you have to do any training on the swimmers to really get into the heads of, you know, swimmers, I suppose. Um, you know, I mean, the Nolan Oppenheimer was a totally different movie, of course, than or mm. is, uh, than um, uh, <clears throat> swimmers, because uh, Sally's work, he was to create this reality just and because that's honoring the real sisters, because you can't do it's just not only a movie, it's more like, you know, it must be real. It must feel real. You you can't just act. And the work with Chris, for example, was he how he stages and uh, how he's how he's like doing a scene. It's more like technical, but still needs great acting in these technical world. But yes, I mean, it was interesting to meet Sven for the swimmers because I understood when I met him the first time that, um, and even yesterday, this guy is like the basement, the foundation for these girls. Mm-hmm. Everything they do, especially Yusra, is she does it with him. He's, you know, if it, it, when there must be a decision, a decision must be made, she looks at Sven. Mm-hmm. She calls Sven. She, mm-hmm. she, and even yesterday with the girls was the same. Sven is there, Natalie had a problem, <laughs> and um, Sven is there and, and talks to her. Just like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So the only thing I could have done for the movie was and Sally said, Matthias, just be real, sm- smile, be gentle, because that's the only thing he did at the beginning. And and that's what I did in, uh, in my great way of acting. Yeah, yeah, he's a super giver. <laughs> and you had to learn to be super, you know, if you want to act Sven, if I'm putting myself in your place, you'll have yeah. to be something else. You have to change yeah. as a person. Say, if, if I don't talk to people, I'll have to talk to people. <laughs> I'll yeah. have to accept anyone. Or, or yes. just, you know, usually as an actor, you have a big ego because, you know, this is my stage. It's about <laughs> me now. But but Sven is yeah. totally different. He's yeah. just like, oh, I just watch and listen and, and, <laughs> and, and, and be quiet. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I love how you portrayed Sven. Yeah. It's amazing. You've all done amazing well. They, they both did like, and Manal, for example, she... Uh, uh, because Manal played some stuff that was insane. I sometimes I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, when we had the scene and the same with you, Natalie, for your first first big film, it's cra- crazy. But Manal sometimes played stuff out of nothing, and I was just like, okay, that's stuff I can't I can't do. This. Uh, where does she take that from? It was uh, insane. From life. Yeah, from Incredible. life. Incredible. 
Honestly, you guys have done so well. The Swimmers is amazing. It's a really moving film. Yeah. Uh, and it really is performance that kind of guides it through. And, and it's a fantastic job from Sally as well. So, uh, yeah. Thank well you. done, you all. It's a pleasure and, to watch. And thank you for taking the time to chat to us. And good luck. Good, yeah. luck, good luck for the film and for the poster. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, good luck for you. Thank you. What is the film? Sorry. Yeah, what is the name? What's, what's it's the called film? Three Day Millionaire. And it's in cinemas November the 25th. And on, and on Netflix in February the 15th. Yay. Amazing. Oh, wow. Good great. Luck. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See bye. You.